You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Darren Compton is a young, multi-skilled Indigenous performer, didgeridoo player and educator. He's also a dancer in both traditional and contemporary styles like hip-hop. He's performed across Australia from the Sydney Opera House to NADOC Week and the ARIA Awards. And you might also know him from the dance series Move It Mob Style on SBS. Hi Darren, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good yourself? Good, thank you. That's good. To start with, can you tell us a bit about your cultural background and how you began to learn about traditional stories and dance. Okay, so you have to first introduce myself. My name's Darren Compton. Um, I'm a Mananjali Yugumbi or Bunjalung man. That's on my grandfather's side. And on my grandmother's side, she's a Gamilaroi woman, which is northwest New South Wales. So I have both very strong cultural connections to both sides. And, um, yeah, growing up, doing culture kind of kept me level. When I was mucking up, my punishment was not allowed to dance. <laughs> Oh, wow. And that really hurt when that was told to me and um, I'd be grounded. So that that taught me to be a bit more respectful towards our culture and stuff like that. Um, much as a lot of people have religion to have that kind of backup, yeah, culture was mine. And um, so I started dancing when I was about four or five, just watching the uncles get up and do corroboree. Um yeah, I really loved watching them do it, kicking up the dirt, painting their bodies and um, learning all the stories that the paint-ups had, the songs and the dances and um, just the little things like stomping and what it meant. It wasn't just stomping, everything had meaning and um, yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up very strong with that and um, yeah, it's kept me with my protocols and my morals and yeah. <laughs> and. Your dance now, I've seen you in action, and (laughs) there is a real blend of what people might know as hip-hop as well as um, traditional dance. It does seem from an outsider watching it that those those styles really complement each other. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Well, me personally, I'm more of a, um, in the hip-hop world, I'm more of a um, popper and locker, waving, um, isolating kind of dancer. I'm not really any good at break dancing which is all the um floor stuff and tricks which are really really good to watch but yeah a lot of our movements in traditional dance go really really well with the that style of hip-hop that i do um yeah on move a mob style you'll see us name different dance moves traditional names so that the kids can remember that so they're learning language at the same time remembering a dance move so we're doing two things at once but they catch on to it easier instead of just counting five six seven eight so on and so forth so we try to make it really exciting and make sure that they learn something at the same time and yeah (laughs) and what um do you use um your traditional language when you name things and if you do because there are so many indigenous languages how does that work yeah yeah so i only speak um on behalf of my grandmother and grandfather's sides so yeah, when I do throw a bit of language out there, it comes from either one of those uh, language groups. So yes, as you said, there are a lot of different languages out there um, within Indigenous Australia. So there's over 260 different languages or language groups and more than 600 different dialects within those clan groups inside those language groups. 
<laughs> so we're a very multicultural country. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so your performances can go everywhere from festivals to schools. And, and when I say performances, a lot of that involves teaching and teaching young people. Um, have you found a following in your own community for the style of dance that you perform? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. I was up at Kayaf, which is Cairns Indigenous Art Fair. Um, here in Sydney, I've grown up in this area pretty much my whole life, so everyone kind of knows me. So when they see me on TV, they kind of just laugh, <laughs> laugh it off. Um, but when I went up to Kayaf, it's a big arts festival, so it brings a lot of communities together for the one event. That could be from Bemiga, which is the tip of Cape York, um, up from the Torres Strait Islands, and all through far north, and, uh, far north Queensland. So when I went there, it would take me about 10 minutes to walk 100 metres it felt crazy. So, like, I was just getting photos. And I wasn't even up there as part of it. I just wanted to go and have a look. Um, I'd, yeah, get photos. You're a celebrity. Yeah, I felt like a celebrity. It was crazy. Awesome. I was getting a bit embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I never had that kind of um, kind of approach before from a lot of people at one time. And, um, yeah, there's but one But it meant a lot to them, right? It did. And it meant a lot to me. Like, it made me feel appreciated and... Um, and wanted within the community and it felt yeah it made me feel really really good and what we're doing seems right kind of thing there was one instance there i was crossing the road and uh, one guy got his ipad out just to get a photo of me real quick at the stoplights yeah. <laughs> well he was in the car or you were yeah they were in the car i was crossing the road and he's like oh, yeah, paparazzi yeah 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 it was crazy <laughs> you're listening to kindling conversation i'm speaking with darren compton who's a dancer performer and educator and we've been talking about how he blends his own um, traditional dance with hip-hop and where he's learnt it himself when you you got into dance so young and you talk about the stories and how you liked that each of those um, movements that you saw your uncle's dance had a story in it, are you retelling those stories in some of your performances or do they evolve? Well, the thing is with the traditional dancers, they never change because they are thousands of years old and they're telling stories um, such uh, when we talk about the dreaming, it's the past, the present, and the future. So that all interconnects with each other. Um, those stories that were told then are being told now and will be told in the future. And they all do have um, meanings and tell stories. It's a way of passing down culture and knowledge. There's one particular dance that I really, really like. It's not from where I'm, my people are from, but I've performed it with my cousin's um, it's from Stradbroke, which is a um, island just out of Brisbane. It's called Bolka Buangan, which is calling of the dolphins. And in that dance, the men and the women would go down to the water. They would slap their spears on the water's edge, which created like a Morse code for dolphins. And the pods of dolphins would come in, driving all the diamond scale mullet into the shore where it could make an easier catch for the men to spear. So those Morse codes, only certain pods would know the certain Morse code for the certain clan group doing that. So within that, a song and dance is telling you and passing down knowledge of the old ways and keeping it going, in a sense. Yeah. And so a lot of what I've heard in the past about um, the stories that are told are a lot about country, a lot about um, surviving and thriving in that country. Are there ever... Um, moral stories in the, you mentioned that culture for you was almost like a religion for, for others 
Are there sort of moral stories in those dances that are teaching you how to be as a person? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of dances. Um, some of those probably wouldn't be able to go into just um, through initiation ceremonies and stuff like that. Um, the men had men's business and the women had women's business, and um, that would the well the men would go away and do their or the boys becoming men doing their initiations. They would learn certain things while they're doing it. Does that so, still happen? Did you get to have that experience when yeah, you were growing up? Yeah, it still happens. I'm actually heading up to um, Tweed not too long um, to go through a bit more law. Because that seems a big um, thing that's missing when people talk about raising children today. One of the things that seems to be a problem for Western cultures is that we don't have those sorts of rituals and rites. So I, I find it really interesting that you, yeah. your culture is still tradi- following that tradition. Yeah, it's sadly a lot of um, mobs across the East Coast have lost those traditions due to um, First Fleet pretty much. Um, it's, it's, that, that's the thing too, keeping those things going. It's in our generation now to respect that and, and, um, and, and get that knowledge. And knowledge is only passed down to you if you're worthy of it. If you get if you're going to muck around with it, it's it's not yeah it's not going to be passed on to you. <laughs> what you have children? Am I, I'm saying children plural. Child. You have a child <laughs> yeah, yeah. son who's three now. Is that right? Yeah, three and a half. Wow, they're a handful at that age, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Everything's why, why, daddy, <laughs> yeah. why? How important is it for you to teach these traditions to your son? It's really really important because if I don't pass it on to him, like I've passed on. And still do pass on my knowledge to my brothers, which hopefully they pass on to their children. But at the moment, they haven't got any children. But um, yeah, my with my son in particular, he I've never actually told him what to do. He watches us and does it. Like, uh, for example, we've done a performance at an event called the Kari Gala. So it's a big dinner for all the people that work at Kari. We go out and he sees me paint it up. Uh, when I mean painted up, I mean uh, getting ready to do our dances uh, with our markings on our bodies. So we're ready to go out and he starts crying because he was still in his clothes and he didn't want to be. He wanted to dance with daddy. So he went out there and started dancing and it freaked me out at how much he learns from just watching us because I've never actually sat down because I feel he's a bit too young at the moment. He hasn't actually sat down and explained everything to him. We got out there and we'd done a dance called Banda, which is the kangaroo. And we started doing the dance and I looked behind me and he was doing it exactly like me. Kind of made me get that proud on a video? little bit. Yeah, yeah, we did actually get it on video. Um, yeah, my mum filmed it. I think she was crying at the same time because she was a proud grandmother. <laughs> and um, yeah, but that, 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 that really... Um, made me feel good knowing that my son's watching us all the time and learning in his own little way. I, I think he's going to be better cultural man than myself. Because <laughs> your partner works with you in this as well, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about dance, but you also play music and instruments. So it's a didgeridoo or that, and I'm, I'm saying yiraki. That's exactly but, right. That's because I copied <laughs> you. Um, so who taught you how to play? Yeah, the funny thing is going back to the story about my son – how he's watching us, I used to be the same. And no one's actually sat me down and taught me anything on the didgeridoo. I've just listened to the rhythms and um, you can hear the flicking of the tongue when you're playing it that creates the different rhythms. 
So I kind of just figured them out myself, <laughs> just listening and listening and listening over and over again and obviously practicing in my bedroom, sometimes late at night annoying my mother, but <laughs> it's okay, it's all paid off now. Um, and what's yes. the yiriki? Yiriki is a traditional name for the instrument um, from northeast Arnhem Land, the Yongo people. They call it the yiriki, and that's the proper name for the instrument. Didgeridoo is sort of an onomatopoeia. It's a na- it's, it's named after what it sounds like. Right, okay. Because of the rhythm. So Charles Darwin thought it sounded like didgeridoo, didgeridoo. <laughs> so that's what he wrote down in his journal. Right. And that's how that name stuck. Oh, yeah, so okay, I've got to change word. my way of speaking now. <laughs> so I guess finally, uh, so people listening, if they want to, you, as I mentioned before, you teach um, and go out to schools and stuff. If people are interested in learning from you, unfortunately for those of you who aren't in Sydney, it might be a little bit more challenging. <laughs> but if um, they wanted to get you involved in their school or their daycare centre or festival, how can they get in touch with you? Pretty much the easiest way would be to contact us via email, which is muggeradancers at outlook.com. Beautiful. Well, we'll put a, a link up as well. And I also like to mention here that Move It Mob Style is available on YouTube and I've watched them and I think kids would love them <laughs> as well as their adults if you're at home and want to learn some cool dancing. Darren, thank you so much for your time today. Great. Thank you. That's Darren Compton. He's an Indigenous dancer, performer, musician and educator. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.